Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life, the show focused on giving you a little bit of help and a little bit of hope on your continuing journey of faith. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond this week, and I'm grateful for this time to spend together with you. I'd like to start with a question or two for you this morning or afternoon, if you happen to be amongst our East Coast listeners or if you're listening worldwide on the Relevant Radio app. Have you ever had to give up something for a greater good? What are you willing to give up for Jesus? It's a question well worth contemplating, right? Are you willing to give up riches? Are you willing to give up fame, recognition? What practical advice could one give to someone facing a difficult moral dilemma that calls for sacrifice in their lives? Well, today, right here on The Inner Life, we're going to be speaking about two individuals that the Church honors today to canonize saints who gave up possessions titles, really everything, in order to answer God's call on their lives and uphold the teachings of the Catholic Church. Joining us as our spiritual director today is Father Vincent Guest. Father Guest is a graduate of both Catholic University of America and St. Charles Seminary in Philadelphia, and he currently is the pastor of Sacred Heart Parish in Camden, New Jersey. Father Guest, welcome to the program. Thank you, Patrick. Nice to be on with you and 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 uh, good morning again, or good afternoon again, to our, our listeners on The Inner Life. Yeah, very good. Well, it's it's a wonderful to have you on. Father, I think we'll just start with, now we're going to be talking about two uh, very specific saints, but maybe it'd be good to get a little bit of a reminder about our role, or our view of saints here in the Catholic Church. What, are the, what roles do the saints play in our lives of faith? That's a great Leading, I think, Patrick, and I'm, I'm glad you started with, uh, with that. You know, some folks uh, believe us as Catholics worship saints, and and some of my, my Protestant friends who I grew up with, or, or even uh, that I see you know, occasionally, you know, question why are we worshiping saints? Worship belongs to God alone, or why do we worship statues? And and of course, uh, we don't. I mean, we, sh- we we don't worship saints. Uh, adoration and worship and homage is due. God alone. And this is something that, that we firmly believe as as Catholics. Saints are human like you and I, and, and not divine. And so we do not worship saints. We we venerate them, we honor them. We honor them for their heroic lives of, of virtue. Uh, we pray through them to, to God, to the Trinity, because they have, have uh, achieved that glory in, in heaven because of their virtuous lives. But uh, it's a good question, because sometimes we're asked that by some folks maybe of other Christian denominations, you know, why are we worshiping the saints? And, and clearly we're not. We're worshiping God alone. Um, and no, no greater example is the Queen of All Saints, Mary, who mm-hmm. points to Jesus as, on the cross and, and points to Jesus at the uh, wedding feast of Cana. You know, listen to him. You know, the great Saint John the Baptist, who we celebrate also this week, 
that points points to Jesus. You know, there is a Lamb of God. I'm not worthy to even unfasten his sandals. So, if great saints and great our great Mother in Heaven Mary uh, recognizes that we worship and honor, uh, worship and venerate Jesus alone, you know, we all do as, as well as we follow their their great example. And so it's a, it's a great lead-in, I think, because it's, it is sometimes a, a misconception that that people have, whether on how we uh, pray to Mary or how we pray to the saints. Uh, we honor them, we pray through them to to the Lord, but certainly we're not uh, worshiping the saints. And I like that also, you know, I have saint pictures in, in, in my room, and we have them in our churches. Uh, just like other friends of mine will have a picture of Abraham Lincoln on, on their office. My lawyer sure. friends have pictures of Abraham Lincoln or, or Martin Luther King, or our young people have images of, of LeBron James or Joel Embiid, my right. Philadelphia friends. I'm from Philly. Yeah. Um, you know, we you know we we try to imitate their their athleticism. You know, we're not worshiping Martin Luther King or or uh, LeBron James or or honoring their their virtu- their heroic uh, athletic performances. Mm-hmm. The same thing with the saints. We have their pictures on the wall to uh, imitate their virtues. Our own parents. We have pictures of our parents on our wall and and our or our, ch- our children because we love them. You know, and so the saints are the same way. We love them. We we honor them. And we strive to imitate their great virtues so we can live like Christ as they did so well. And the saints we honor this week are great examples of that. Absolutely. And it just so happens that our saints that we're going to be focusing on today on The Inner Life are both men. Of course, there are plenty of women saints, starting first and foremost, of course, as you've already mentioned with our Blessed Mother Mary. Uh, But the two men that we're going to be focusing on today on The Inner Life are uh, the saint honored today by Holy Mother Church, which is Saint Aloysius Gonzaga, and then the saint honored tomorrow, one of the saints honored tomorrow, which is Saint Thomas More. Why don't you lead us a little bit into the lives of these two men, Father, to help us understand why what their virtues were that are worthy of honoring and of imitation? Well, they're, they're certainly great saints, and you know, all of us, I think, have have saint friends that we we turn to. And it really just it just so happens that when I was asked to speak this week, uh, the two saints that we celebrate this week, and I was asked to speak a little bit about are are my saints saint friends. You know, I, I've often turned to them in, in prayer, and not just as a priest now, but uh, before I, I was ordained a priest. Uh, you know, as, as I was growing up, um, we'll start off with with Aloysius Gonzaga, who, as you said, Patrick, is is today's feast day. Great Jesuit saint. You know, I think many of us know. Gonzaga, when we think of the great basketball team out in Spokane, right. Washington, yeah. who had a great run this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a saint behind that basketball team. There's a great saint behind that university, and that's Aloysius Gonzaga. He's the patron saint of youth. He's the patron saint of seminarians as well, and also of students, because he was a young man when he, when he died. He gave up everything, as you mentioned, as you led into uh, the program this morning. Mm-hmm. He was from a very wealthy family in, in Italy, a very powerful family, and his dad wished so much that he would follow in, in that course to lead a life of, of power and wealth, of military accomplishments, and, and to follow that. He had everything at, at his hands as a young man. He was brilliant. He, he was from a very powerful family. He had everything, but he walked away from it. He walked away from it because, as a young man, he had a deep, deep devotion to Jesus and to the Church. 
and lived a very, very virtuous life as a young man. He uh, fasted and, and, and spent time in prayer, and, and the Mass was all very important to him as a young man. And he wished so very much to uh, enter a religious life. His father really dissuaded him and did not want him to do that, led him on different journeys to, you know, to get a taste of the courtly life, uh, but he still insisted that he's being called to live a different way. Uh, his mother supported him all, all along, oddly enough, and and uh, and filled with great grace to help him. And finally, his his father uh, relented and allowed Aloysius to enter the Jesuits. He entered, and he was influenced by such great great saints themselves. His first Holy Communion was given to him by Saint Charles Borromeo, the great saint from from Milan, who uh, who was a doctor of the Church, I believe. And his his confessor was Saint Robert Bellarmine, another great Jesuit saint who helped him along the way. So he was touched by these great, great uh, priests, these great uh, men of the church who helped influence his life. And Robert Bellarmine actually counseled him, along with his Jesuit superiors, that you need to love God as you do so very well, uh, Aloysius, but you need to serve others as well. You know, we need to see God in your neighbor, and that's exactly what what he did. He he went out and served the poor and served the sick, and it was in serving the sick uh, so devoutly and compassionately that he also um, was inflicted with the plague that was uh, going through Italy at the time and had a great fever and eventually died as a very young man. Before he was a priest, before even ordination, he died uh, at the age of 23. But his, uh, his great life was recognized right away in not long after his cause for sainthood was, was promoted by, by the church. Mm. But a great example for, um, for all of us to recognize that, yes, at times in our lives, we need to give things up. And a great example for young people to, uh, to have the courage to make the right choices, like Aloysius did. Right. Something I know as, as parents and as, as uh, teachers, we always encourage our young people to make the right choices. Aloysius did. He made the right choice. Right. And, now he'd be glorified in heaven because of that. Yeah, what a wonderful story. And before we get on to our second saint, I do want to pause here and invite our listeners to be part of the conversation as well. If you have, uh, if you were really struck, maybe you have a specific devotion to St. Aloysius, maybe you uh, have imitated his uh, virtue of sacrifice and giving things up for the life that God was calling to you. We would love to hear. We're going to hear Aloysius' story. We heard Aloysius' story. We're going to hear St. Thomas, uh, Thomas More's story here in just a moment as well. But if you have a story of sacrifice that you did for the Lord and how you saw him work in and through that sacrifice, we'd love to hear your story as well. So give us a call, 888 888-914-914-9, 888-914-9149. Give, give us an email as well. You can drop us an email at innerlife at relevantradio.com. Father, I'm, uh, I, I must admit that I am more familiar with St. Thomas More than I am with St. Aloysius Gonzaga, but having read up a little bit on him in preparation for today's show, I am touched by the, the sacrifice that he made. And maybe just, again, before we get into St. Thomas More, uh, there is, uh, maybe it's, it's good to just reflect a little bit about um, well, for instance, in your own personal life, Father, obviously um, you have given things up in order to become a priest in the church. Was there anything specifically about some of these uh, some of these saintly sacrifices that were made that inspired you to embrace the sacrifices of, say, uh, a life of celibacy, for example? 
Well, I'm not sure if if uh, you knew uh, Patrick, but I'm a lawyer as well as as mm. a priest. And so, speaking of, of Thomas More, uh, gives me great uh, great joy. One of my heroes, as I mentioned uh, just a moment ago. And so, a part of my my, my journey, I'm I'm a later vocation actually. Uh, I mentioned a story maybe a few years back on on the, the Inner Life show. Mm. Um, I was ordained a priest in my uh, I think I was 52 when I was ordained. I'm I'm 61 now. Uh, and I worked in government over in Pennsylvania. I'm a priest in New Jersey now, but I worked in government in Pennsylvania in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then went to law school and, and worked in law as well. And so I, I prayed often to Thomas More, actually. I, I prayed to Thomas More when I was applying to law school uh, to help me get into law school. I, I, I prayed to Thomas More to help me make the right choices you know, in the profession uh, because I always admired his, his, his life. Uh, I remember my, when I was younger, uh, my dad encouraged my brothers and my sister and I, at one point, to watch A Man for All Seasons. Oh yeah, the great, great Academy Award winning winning film, as you right. know. And I hope our, our listeners have, if you haven't viewed it, you know, to our listeners, I, I encourage you to to find it on your your streaming device at home. But mm-hmm. it's a great movie. I remember my dad encouraged me to watch this as a young man, and that's a movie from the '60s. I thought, Jesus, you know, what this movie all about? But I was just enthralled by it from the very beginning, just the courage of Moore, the story. Uh, like Aloysius Gonzaga, uh, Thomas Moore was himself uh, just a powerful man in, in England. Um, so anyway, as a lawyer, he was always very, very influential for me. And as a lawyer, I was graced to to work with, with the poor. Uh, and it was really, I think, through my work with the poor, uh, doing work for Catholic Charities, here in Camden, the Camden Center for Law and Social Justice, a law center that worked with the immigrant community, most especially. I felt God touching my heart that although folks needed legal advice and legal help to get them through the uh, myriad of systems that often are complex for our poor people, um, I came to believe you know, through talking to my priest friends and through my own prayer that God was calling me to reach out to people, not as a lawyer, but, but as a priest. And and I found that's what really people needed most was God's mercy more than perhaps my uh, my uh, little legal advice that I could bestow upon them. So yes, Moore did help me. Thomas Moore did help me to uh, you know, cross that threshold from life as a lawyer and and life uh, as a uh, as a priest. Now I sold my home at home, you know, here in New Jersey. I sold that and entered the seminary. And and I honestly can say that I've never been happier in in my life. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I still keep my, my legal license. I still am on the board of the law center where I worked with. I still you know, take my classes to keep up my uh, my legal license. But, you know, I don't practice law now. I'm, I'm a full-time pastor, and that's where I give my, uh, most of my all my joy from, uh, serving God in the church now. Right, right. Well, wonderful testimony. Thank you for sharing that, Father. If you have a testimony about some way that you have sacrificed for the Lord, given up, heard his call, and have had to give up, things in order to follow his call, which the Lord does call us uh, to give up, to sacrifice, to follow him, certainly. And that's part of taking on the cross, taking up the cross of Christ, to taking up our own crosses and following him. Give us a call. Be part of the conversation. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to take a break in just a minute here, Father, but uh, I'm wondering if you can uh, if you can introduce us a little bit more to the life of St. Thomas More. You were just talking about him uh, in so many ways. Can you just give us a, a snapshot of the life of St. Thomas More? 
Thomas More was one of the most powerful men in England England at 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 the time. He was amazingly intelligent, a writer, uh, a poet, of course, uh, a great writer. Uh, he was a member of Parliament, so he served uh, the Parliament in uh, in England and became a great friend of of the King King Henry VIII, who eventually appointed him to the great title of Lord Chancellor of all of England, which uh, is probably the second highest ranking official in, in all of the country at the time. It's almost like an equivalent of someone who's both the Attorney General and the Secretary of State uh, in our country. You know, So it's a great, great uh, responsibilities. And also a great friend of, of the King. The King loved Henry, and Henry adored the King as well. Uh, but there came a time where where they where they had to divide their their loyalties, the king was seeking an annulment, which the church uh, did not uh, grant, and the king wanted uh, wanted Thomas More to have oath of loyalty to him and to start essentially a Church of England, which you know Henry I'm I'm sorry Thomas uh, denied and said no we have we have one loyalty is to Christ and, and His Church and and I can't um, go against my conscience conscience in doing that. And that eventually, of course, cost uh, Thomas More his life, you know, by being loyal to the church, by being loyal to Christ, by being loyal to his own conscience, which he could not uh, cross in spite of his friendship with the king, in spite of his loyalty to, to the country, which he loved. He was a patriot, of course, but he could not uh, go against his own conscience and, and, and go along with the king. And, of course, that eventually literally cost him his head. Um, right. He was a father, a husband, a great diplomat, a great patriot, but most of all, he was loyal to Jesus Christ and his church, and nothing would dissuade him from that. Not power, not influence, not money, nothing would dissuade him from being loyal to Christ and his church. And that's something mm-hmm. that I think all uh, elected officials and statesmen and all of us people of faith, whether we're in Congress or whether we're a working man or woman, or whether a housewife or, or a stay-at-home dad or a young person, we need to be true to our conscience, true to Christ, true to his church, as Thomas More was. And what a great example he is, especially in this day and age. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in so many ways in which we can emulate their examples by giving up uh, some of those things which Let's face it, they do have quite a grip on us sometimes. Sometimes it's easy to talk about the necessity of sacrifice. It's it's one thing to talk about it. It's quite another to actually do it and experience the uh, discomfort and sometimes pain uh, that uh, obviously these two saints do model for us so well. Father Vincent Guest is our spiritual director today on The Inner Life as we're talking about sacrifice, especially as we look at these two saints honored today and tomorrow by Holy Mother Church, St. Aloysius Gonzaga and St. Thomas More. We're going to head into a break, but when we come back, we'll have more. And give us a call. Be part of the conversation, 888-914-9149, and we'll get to your phone call right after this. Stay with us. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 
1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. The Inner Life with Josh Raymond on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. This is Patrick Conley in for Josh Raymond. As he is sacrificing hosting the show this week. As, uh, he's got some important things he's tending to. And we're talking about sacrifice today, specifically as modeled to us through St. Aloysius Gonzaga and St. Thomas More, whom the Church model, or honors today and tomorrow. Our spiritual director is Father Vince Guest, from the pastor of Sacred Heart Parish in Camden, New Jersey. If you'd like to join the conversation about how these two wonderful saints have had an influence in your life and influenced you to give up something for the sake of God's call on your life, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Waiting patiently on the phone has been Allison, who's calling in from Phoenix, Arizona. Allison, you are on air. Thanks for calling in. Hi. Thank you, Father. Well, I guess Father, who I'm now speaking with. But um, I just realized that I was listening. Hi. I just realized as I was listening that St. Aloysius um, might have had a huge impact in my life because it's actually my birthday today. It's my 23rd birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. And um, I was always wondering, you know, God's plan for my life, but being raised with a mother who is Catholic and then a father who is very not Catholic at all, Um, I was always kind of confused, you know, what the truth was. And so as I got into college, I got pretty lost and I left the faith um, and I started going to kind of non-denominational things. And I mean, long story short, got very, very, um, you know, hurt by by the world and no protection whatsoever of, of my heart. And when I left college, I had this huge reversion and I graduated this March, well, I guess last March or last May, um, the COVID year. And right when I had that reversion and I just turned to the Lord and I knew that I was supposed to be, I mean, diehard Catholic. And I wanted to become a nun right then and there um, after my very first rosary back. And then with that, I gave my life to the Lord and he introduced me to a man who is now my fiance. (laughs) And at the time he was in the Church of the Latter-day Saints and was for 28 years had been following them um had been you know trying to be convinced to do the missions and everything and upon asking him you know where he had come from i said you know what's what's the deal because i think you know the holy spirit (laughs) and i'm about to be a nun so i think i can help you and he was like well i think i was baptized catholic when i was five you know in mexico but then we came here and we just we started going to the mormon church and all these things so i think i need your help And then all of a sudden, he just had this openness, and he started going to church with me. And I noticed that at heart, he was so Catholic, and so was I. And so um, the Lord had the plan to meet us and to now have this life of we're betrothed, and we're um, going to the Church of the Immaculate Conception, St. Bernadette in Phoenix, Arizona, and we're about to get married there next May. So it is a total shift of plans. Um, but if you give your life to the Lord, St. Aloysius, I know that if you pray and um, for his intercession, he will definitely come through like he definitely has for us. Wow, what a great story, Allison. That's wonderful, and thanks for sharing it today. And happy uh, happy feast day, happy birthday, right? It's your birthday, you said, too. And uh, also congratulations on your 
on your upcoming marriage. Uh, what a great, uh, what a great story. Um, yeah, see, Saint Aloysius, and I'm sure lots of other folks like your mom and your dad, probably in his own way, have influenced you. You know, I, I remember the story once when I was uh, in a seminary. One of the teachers, I think, mentioned this in, in a homily about a child walking through through church, and he was looking up at the stained glass windows in, in the big cathedral. And the priest said to him, do you like the saints? Do you like those images of the saints in the window? And the little boy said, yes, uh, they're people who let the light shine in. Hmm. People who let the light shine in. Of course, he's referring to the light shining in through the windows, but of course, you know, it, it means lots, much more than that. It's the light of Christ shining through the saints, you know. And and that's what you're doing now, Allison. You know, by, by your faith life, you know, by the journey you had, you know, rough times early on in college, but then getting your degree and finding the Lord again, and now using your faith, the light of Christ is shining through you as it touched your your fiance and and his life, and so you're you're living the dream. You know, you're living, you're living just like Aloysius would uh, would want you to live. You know, all of us are called to different states of life. Aloysius was called to be a, you know a priest, a, a Jesuit, of course, and you're being called to. Uh, to live a life of marriage, and essentially, though, we're all called holiness, right? We're all called to holiness, and you're going to live that holy life in your married life, and I have no doubt that you you and your husband will touch many, many people's lives as you journey as a married couple, uh, sacrificing for each other, as you're called to do in in marriage, and and for the church, and, and for family, and just letting the light shine through you, like the stained glass windows that the light shine through, uh, you be letting light shine through you to touch others you know, by your gift of faith. So, thanks so much for for living. It's really so wonderful when, when a priest hears stories of a young a young person like yourself who loves the faith, just like Aloysius did, and and as you you do, and who lives the faith. You know, uh, there's so many pulls in, in the young person's life as you experience through college, right? So many ways that that we can just walk away. You know, from from the Lord, and it's so intoxicating, as Patrick mentioned uh, earlier. You know, the ways of the world, the distractions, frankly, the evil that surrounds us in in, in many ways. Uh, but the goodness, much more, uh, brings us closer to God and, and closer to each other, and helps us all to live that the faith life that we're called to. So, thanks so much for for calling in and, and for sharing your journey and and for for living uh, your Catholic faith and and letting the light of Christ shine through you. And uh, may Aloysius Gonzaga and, and St. Bernadette and our Mother Mary uh, bless you and your and your uh, future life with your husband. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, too, would add my thanks to that, Allison. Allison, do you, would, you, uh, would you be willing to share your fiancé's first name with us as well? Oh, absolutely. He would be delighted. His name is Miguel. Miguel. All right. So uh, okay. many, many prayers uh, from us and from our listeners for you and Miguel on, as you continue on down this path of following the Lord. Because as Father said, we uh, look forward to seeing how his light shines through you and Miguel in your, your life to come. So God bless you, Allison. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the phone call. Happy birthday. Thanks for calling in. Happy birthday, Allison. God bless. Yeah. Wonderful, Father. Good, Great story. And uh, let me just bat that back out to the listeners. Yeah, if you're listening and you heard Allison's story there and uh, just have a similar story of how 
either St. Aloysius Gonzaga or St. Thomas More has played a role in your life. Perhaps like our, our spiritual director today, Father Guest, you have spent some time in the legal profession or serving your country as well. Uh, perhaps St. Thomas More has a special place in your life of faith. Give us a call. Share the story. Uh, we'd love to be inspired by the way that God is working in your life through these two wonderful saints. Our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. And Father, uh, as we were talking about sacrifice and giving things up like these two men did, uh, very much so, uh, as I said, going into the break, sometimes it's one thing to talk about sacrifice. It's quite another to do it. And just by way of example, I know, for example, um, some of us, even being now that the pandemic is is lifting somewhat and we're getting at least a little bit back to normal, people are going out to eat again, for example. And uh, in a restaurant, say, when you're when you're served uh, dinner, it might feel a little strange or a little awkward, or you might feel some compulsion not to offer thanks uh, before you partake of dinner out in, in public or something like that. But to me, that just seems to say, well, there's just one of the very small sacrifices that we are asked to make um, that might uh, it might sacrifice or might uh, impinge on people's view of us. Just wondering uh, how these two men can be great examples to us in the small as well as the large sacrifices. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I remember when I was working, you know, in, in law prior to ordination, going out to uh, to dinner with my with my parents once, um, and we were at a local diner, not a fancy restaurant, a local diner in in Philadelphia. And I remember sitting with my parents, and across from us in another booth was a young man, and I would think he'd be in his twenties or so, working guy. Uh, and as he was served his food, my parents and I just sat in a glance over. And he very, very reverently blessed himself. Um, and you can see he was saying his grace mm-hmm. very slowly and reverently. You know, bless the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And he just said a prayer of grace. I remember my and my parents, of course, were great examples to me in my faith life. And we lived our faith so we tried to strive to live our faith so well. Mm-hmm. But I remember we looked at each other and I thought, wow, what a great example. What a, what a great, you know, sign that is. Here's a young guy by himself. And yet he still, you know, is not afraid to show thanksgiving to God, you know, in a public place like that. And it's, it takes simple, and I, I still remember that to this day. And I think yeah. simple acts like that make a big difference in people's lives. Here I am 30 years later or so, remembering, you know, that simple uh, act of grace that this young man did, you know, in a, in a diner in Philadelphia. And how often we can can be that same way, you know, when parents with your children, you know, to to remember to remember to give thanks to God before a meal, whether you're at home or at a restaurant, and praying with your children, especially parents, you know, how important it is for, for parents to pray with their children, you know, in the morning or at night, you know, just to make sure that they know that God is in this house. This is a house of faith and, and we live that faith. Um small gestures like that, you know, I remember you know, in, in my uh, tradition growing up, every time we passed a Catholic church in a car, we'd bless ourselves because we knew that in that church was the body of Christ. There was a, a red light, a tabernacle with a red light next to it, and Jesus was in that church. So every time we, and I still do that, every time I pass a, a church walking or, or driving, I make the sign of the cross knowing we're, we're passing through, passing by Jesus in, in that cross. Publicly bowing your head at the name of Jesus. 
again, something I was taught by the Sisters of St. Joseph as a young child and, and growing up. And, but I still do that when I, when I mention Jesus at, at Mass, even here when I'm talking to you alone here in my kitchen. You know, just little signs like that can show to the world that for this person, this parent, you know, this, this young child, this student, this worker, the name of Christ means something. It's a holy name. And, and God is in this person's life. And, and little ways like that, I think, we can let the light shine through us. You know, we don't have to give away our, uh, our kingdom like Thomas More did, you know, nice. or, or, or power that other, other Wister Gonzagas could have had in his life. But little things like that, little examples like that, we can show to our family, to fellow students, for young people, making the right choices with when it comes to, to drinking excessively or, or my goodness, the excesses of, of pornography on, on Internet and television and phones, little choices that our young people can make also to walk away from the ways of the world and, and to live, follow your conscience like Moore did, and, and to live a life of Christ that we're being called to live. And those little gestures, those little acts, those little uh, reminders to people, they do make a difference. You know, it may be embarrassing to say that to someone, but they do make a difference, and they will stick in a person's mind and conscience, just like that young man blessing himself at a diner has stuck with me all these years. I saw a, a man of faith, and, and we can be that man of faith also, that woman of faith also to others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, and I and I think that there's there's something there about uh, another. You, well, you mentioned how Saint Aloysius Gonzaga was connected to these two other great saints, Saint Charles Borromeo and Saint Robert Bellarmine, and uh, that being the case, it is it is the case that that holiness is sometimes rather contagious in that way, right? That we can inspire one another to uh, to greater faith, to greater holiness. And that is something that it sounds like you have plenty of examples of in your own life, Father, and uh, certainly I have examples of that. Any particular insights as to, as to how that is the case or why that is the case, about why that's so powerful when we see the example of another who's alongside of us uh, in spurring us on to love and good deeds? Well, and you think of some, some of the great saints you mentioned, uh, Kurosawa, the Wishes Gonzaga, and his friendship with uh, St. Robert Bellarmine today. I think of Francis and Claire in Assisi. I think of uh, St. Vincent de Paul and, and Louise de Marillac. I think of uh, Francis de Sales and Jean de Chantel, um, great saint friends, men and women who shared their friendship, but friendship that was rooted in the Lord, you know, with, with Francis and Jane and, and Francis and Claire and Vincent and Louise, you know, um, how that friendship rooted in the Lord grows in the holiness. Um, and all of us, I think, can think of people in our own lives. Uh, sometimes, very often, it may be a religious sister or a priest who touched our, our hearts and our lives and our friendship with them helped the me to grow in holiness. Uh, but again, I think very often it, it's through, through family members and friends who may not be priests or religious, who, who live an extraordinary life Ordinary life, actually, but extraordinary life of of integrity and and of holiness that we follow. Uh, this year of Saint Joseph is a great great year to uh, think about how important it is for men uh, to live a, a life of faith for their families. Uh, how much we need holy and faithful men in our churches and in our families. And and you've probably heard and read 
how statistics show that when men go to church with their with their families, with their wife and kids, how much it means for the faith life of their children in the future. And I, I had that with my, my good mom and dad, lived their faith life so very much. My dad was a police officer, you know, a tough guy, but he lived his faith life. And my uncles were the same way, my older brothers the same way. As a young boy growing up, I realized that, you know, you could be cool, you can you could play sports, you can have fun, uh, but also you need to keep God in your life. And yeah. and my dad and my brothers, my uncles taught me that and and I pray that the men and uncles and dads who are listening, as well as the moms and the aunts and the sisters who are listening, recognize how your your faithfulness as a man, your faithfulness as a woman touches the lives of people in your family, people in your school, people in your communities. Uh, in, in ways that you may not know until we get to heaven. Right. But, um, I have no doubt that the light is shining through so many people in our lives. And I know it's touched my life, Patrick. I'm sure you can name tons of people who touched your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the joy that we see in people. You know, uh, people who live good, holy lives are joyful. You know, they have a peacefulness about them, and that's attractive. You know, uh, people who are angry all the time and, and, and cursing and, and living a life you know, that's not respectable. I mean, that's that's not fun. You know, I think the goodness in people is attractive. Holiness is attractive. And and I think that's another way that, that you know, we attract people by our, our goodness and, and, and by the joy we show in living our faith life. It's not with money, not power, it's not influence. You know, as, as Thomas More and I wish Gonzaga could testify to, it's living a life of, of integrity, of being faithful to family and being faithful to the church, and yes, being faithful to the country as well, but also being faithful by being first and foremost faithful to God and His church, and um, yeah. we're called to do the same. Yeah, wise words, and it's uh, something that is too. I think it's a good reminder that this is uh, this is the life that God is indeed calling all of us to. That there. Um, I like I like to point out that the only the only real conceivable difference between the canonized saints like Saint Aloysius Gonzaga, Saint Thomas More, is that they had a willingness they were they were open to God's will at work in their lives, and that's uh, it's not mm-hmm. that they were men of of such extraordinary faith that we can never attain, but through the work of and power of God, of course, all things are possible. So if you have a story of how. Either one of these great saints or how sacrifices played a role in your life, or perhaps uh, the story of some of someone that you have influenced by your sacrifice, uh, by your living out of the faith. Give us a call. Join the join the conversation. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. We are speaking today with Father Vince Guest about the uh, roles of Saint Aloysius Gonzaga and Saint Thomas More as models in our in our faith and our lives of faith. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will have more of The Inner Life, more conversation, and we'll hear from you, our listeners, as well. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. 
Welcome back to The Inner Life. Patrick Conley in for Josh Raymond this week. And I'd like to give my thanks over to our producer, Jim Schaefer. And I believe it's Nick Sentovich who's down there on the phones today. Grateful for, our, as always, for all their help in getting this great show out. Our spiritual director today is Father Vince Guest, who's a, the pastor of Sacred Heart Parish in Camden, New Jersey. We're talking about two great saints in the church that we honor today and tomorrow. Uh, St. Aloysius Gonzaga and St. Thomas More. St. Aloysius Gonzaga, a seminarian who died at a very young age um, as he was given up everything, a a life of uh, potential riches and power in order to serve the poor and especially the sick. And St. Thomas More, who uh, served as Lord Chancellor of England, a layman with a, a wife and family, uh, but was imprisoned and eventually beheaded because of his standing up to the king, King Henry VIII, because of uh, him, the king demanding of him things that were against the teaching of God and his church. Well, Father Guest, um, one of the things I wanted to revisit with you was this idea that, you know, sometimes the saints can seem like um, these exemplars, perhaps, but they're, they're examples that go way beyond what any of us, quote-unquote, ordinary uh, men and women can do in our lives or can ever hope to attain. Um, and so sometimes there can be this perceived gap between what's there or what's what's expected of us and what we're actually capable of. And, you know, I, in Mass this morning, I was just struck by the collect that reads in part, uh, O God, giver of heavenly gifts, who in St. Aloysius Gonzaga joined penitence to a wonderful innocence of life grant through his merits and intercession, that though we have failed to follow him in innocence, we may imitate him in penitence. Um, that collect almost seems to me to to suggest that, yes, it actually is attainable, of course, all, as always, through the working and mercy of God. But the saintly life is not just for the elite few, but there is this universal call to holiness that actually is possible. Can you reflect a little bit uh, uh, on that? Well, you're absolutely right, Patrick. It is uh, is the call of all of us. I I remember uh, reading a quote uh, uh, from a French author, and I forget the name of the uh, of the author, though I, I'm sorry, but he said that the great tragedy in life is not to become a saint, hmm. and and yeah. how true it is. That's all of our call uh, is to become a saint. I remember um, also Thomas Merton after his conversion and became a Catholic. Um, he was walking with one of his friends in New York City, and, and his friend who was a Catholic, very faithful Catholic, said to him, Thomas, now, now you're Catholic. What do you want to do? What's, what's your goal? And Thomas Merton said, well, you know, maybe I'll be a priest, or maybe I'll another monastery. I'm thinking about that. And his friend stopped him. He said, no, Thomas, the answer is you want to be a saint. Mm. That's, that's your call. Maybe through the monastery, maybe through married life, but your all of our, our goal is to become a saint. And that's great. They're great, great wisdom in both those comments. You know, Thomas Merton and the French author. Uh, how the great tragedy is not to become a saint, and all of us are, are called to that and and strive for that. And the saints that we're talking about today, and the saints we talk about, you know, uh, almost every day of the year, and we celebrate a saint, a memorial, or a feast, are very ordinary human beings. They are human, like like you and I, and had weaknesses and foibles and and struggles in life suffering with addictions or suffering from depression or suffering from from loneliness or suffering from marital issues or violence and all the uh, intricacies of, of um, human life that we experienced 
experience they experienced in, in their lives. But through them, they, they, they rose above that through God's grace, as you mentioned, through God's grace, through prayer, through, through penance, their own penance, that they, that they would try to uh, offer sacrifices up, their own study, their own friendships with others, and especially, of course, the sacraments. You know, they rose above their human foibles and weaknesses to a life of great uh, virtue and integrity and heroism that we honor when we honor the saints. So, yeah, don't, um, I want to encourage our listeners, don't think that we're, we're not called to sainthood because we are. The great call of the Vatican Council is all are called to holiness. You know, it's certainly not the realm of, of priests and bishops and religious sisters and priests and brothers. It's all of our call. And through our various stages of, of invocations of life as a single person, as a, as a married person, uh, a widow, a widower, a priest, religious, as a young person, as we see some young persons canonized and recognized for the holiness. It's, all of us are called to that. Mm-hmm. And and we, we achieve that through God's grace in the midst of our human struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the uh, that's one of the underscoreable uh, points, I suppose, yeah, is that right. it's in the midst of our human struggles, right, in which we are we are mm-hmm. called into that. So it's not despite them, but it's right in the midst of them. So yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And maybe a follow up on that too, Father, is that for instance. Um, just to point out that, of course, we have different callings in our lives that uh, yet we, some of us have made it beyond the tender age of 23 already. So we know that there, our calling is different even in that obvious way than St. Aloysius Gonzaga. And, uh, but yet, for instance, he was, he was called to serve the poor. And now there is a, a necessity for us always to pay attention to the poor. Um, we might not be called to the hospitals of Rome uh, or to give our lives in service to, to the sick and the poor um, in the way that he was. But w- could you reflect just a little bit, too, on how our own service to those um, those who are poor, who experience poverty, um, who are without the, with the worldly goods of life, how that can influence our own spiritual lives? Yeah, I mean, so many saints and so many religious leaders and popes and and people you and I both know, have have found the face of God in in the poor, and, and I'm one of them, frankly, in my work with uh, the poor as as an attorney here in in New Jersey. Mercy is the core of the gospel. You know, be merciful. As we're hearing the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount and our daily readings this uh, these last few weeks, you know, and um, we're called to live simply, you know, which is maybe a struggle in our in our day and age you know, to live simply. But there's so many ways that we can find the face of Christ in, in those who are struggling. And we can do that just by walking down to your local local parish. And there's so many ways in our local churches throughout throughout our country that offer great service to the poor. So many works of mercy are, are being are being accomplished in in churches and, and other public institutions to help those, especially this year of the pandemic, mm-hmm. who uh, who need help. Food banks. And I encourage like families to, to like work together for those kind of things. Maybe a family can have a, a donation drive amongst their, their relatives and, and, and friends, maybe donating uh, canned goods or donating coats and gloves in the wintertime amongst a family or amongst a, a prayer group in a, in a parish or a school group, a classroom. Um, I remember my, uh, I was touched by, by my, my great niece, Stella, 
uh, who, when she received her first communion just a few years ago, she's in fourth grade now, just finished fourth grade, um, and my, my niece Megan and her husband, Matt, are very faithful Catholics, and and um, that has touched her, of course, Stella and her life. And Stella, knowing I worked in a poor parish, and, and I do, um, said, Uncle Vinny, you know, I feel bad. I have a beautiful communion dress, but I, but I think maybe people in your church may not have nice dresses. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, yes, Stella, it is a struggle for their families. So Stella, this, this eight-year-old, arranged a drive through her school to have people donate first Holy Communion dresses to the poor. Mm-hmm. And to the pastor, Father Mike McCard, Picard over in the, in the Newtown, Pennsylvania, St. Andrew's Parish, and to the school principal, we got about 100 beautiful communion dresses donated to the poor in, in my parish that we still have some, you know, uh, saved for next year. And we arranged them in, in a beautiful, beautiful racks, dress racks, so the parents could come in and pick what was, was right for their child. They'd offer a little donate donations so they feel like they're contributing something for the dress. But what a great, you know, example for me as a priest that this young girl recognized the need to serve others. And she got others to do that as well, you know, from her school community and, and her family. And those little things like that, Patrick, can be replicated all throughout our church, all throughout our, our parishes and, and dioceses here in our country. Little acts of love, of giving uh, to serve those in need, like my niece Stella did, you know, for with her class and helping others receive a nice first communion dress for their special first Holy Communion Day. Yeah, what a wonderful example. Well, Father Vince, we have gotten to the end of our time together, but I am grateful for all of your wonderful stories, your your great spiritual direction in and around St. Aloysius Gonzaga and St. Thomas More. Wondering if always if you would be willing to give us a quick blessing as we wrap up the show. Absolutely, and, and Patrick, thank you for your time. Great being on with you uh, today and all thank the you. listeners. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we, we, we pray that your graces may touch our lives, and we pray, dear Lord, that we may let the light of Christ shine through us like it shines through the saints. May the example of St. Aloysius Gonzaga and St. Thomas More be examples for us as we serve the poor, as we are loyal only to Christ and his church. And may God bless all of our listeners this day and always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Vince Guest from Camden, New Jersey. So grateful that you're on as our spiritual director. We appreciate your thoughts and wisdom when it comes to St. Aloysius Gonzaga and St. Thomas More. We're going to have more of the inner life, of course, tomorrow. Great things coming up for the remainder of the week. As always, please join us and stay tuned for Father Rocky with Holy Mass from the Chapel of the Nativity.